0: Have you ever had any questions about the Bible that you just couldn't get a solid answer for? Perhaps someone gave you answers, but they were confusing or not biblical. You tuned in at the right time and place to find real answers from God's Word, the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472 1111 or in the CNMI at 323 1113. Be sure to turn your radio down when you call. Live from Guam. Join us now for Straight from the Bible with Pastor Lewis Moffitt.
1: Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to another time of Straight from the Bible. We are so glad that you have joined us today, and we would like to invite you to uh, stay tuned because we have Bible questions coming up, and we uh, all, and uh, by God's grace Bible answers also. Please uh, join us for prayer as we begin our program. Heavenly Lord, as we are opening the scriptures we know that you are the author the holy spirit inspired the holy men of god to write these words and because we believe in the scriptures we know that you can answer our questions through what you what is revealed there i ask that you please be with us here at joy fm studios and also with our listening friends who are who are tuned in we thank you in jesus name amen Okay, so uh, my name is Pastor Louis Moffinus, and I'm very glad to be here with you, and I'm very glad to be here with my wonderful wife, Jessica. Hello, Jessica. I'm so glad that you're here with me.
2: Hello, Pastor Moffness. Thank you for having me by your side.
1: <laughs> always. Always a wonderful thing to have uh, have us together doing the program. Now, Jessica, uh, we, want our, we want to greet our listening friends. And if you have a Bible question, then now is a good time to call in those questions. And so I would like to ask uh, for Jessica's help in giving out those contact information. And then we can uh, proceed with our program.
2: If you are calling from the island of Guam, the number to dial is 472-1111. That's 472-1111. If you're calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, that number is 323-1113. That's 323-1113. You're welcome to text or WhatsApp your question. That's 671-686-9999. 686-9999. We're also on the internet if you want to check us out on and qu- put putting your questions through email. That's Bible at joyfmradio.net, B-I-B-L-E at joyfmradio.net. We're also live on Facebook, I think, right yes, now. Right? We, now, are. Right? Yes. we okay. are. Okay. So that's facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. And you're welcome to check us out there and put your question there as well.
1: And if you're listening to this program or watching this program at any other time besides Monday from 5 to 6, then you are blessedly uh, listening to a rebroadcast. Now, you can still contact Joy FM through the numbers and information that Jessica gave you. But your live answer, of course, will come the following Monday. All right. Looks like we have right off the bat somebody who has called in uh, who's calling right now. So who are are we going to be talking to?
2: Okay, so this is Gilbert. Gilbert, you're on the air.
1: Hello, Gilbert, are you there? Maybe you should click that one more one time. One more time? Hello, Gilbert, are you there? Welcome to Straight from the Bible. Oh, my. Okay, I'm not sure if uh, he's still with us. Give it another shot. Hello, is this Gilbert? Okay, we it doesn't look We may have li- lost him. We might have lost Gilbert. Uh, Gilbert, we would like to invite you to please a redial... And come back to us, uh, come back to us uh, again. Call again, Gilbert. We're very glad that you did call. But it uh, looks like we lost connection with, with him. And so while we're waiting for him, I know that we do have other questions uh, here um, uh, through email. And people have written in their questions, and so we can look at those. Uh, Jessica, what do we have?
2: All right. So the first question that did come in through email says, if the mayor got us married, do we still receive God's blessings?
1: Okay. This is a question that uh, I we, we get every now and then here on Joy FM. And that is when it comes to weddings or marriages, um, <laughs> many people wonder if it's not done in church, does God still have its blessing upon it? Right. Well, I always recommend being married in a church. Uh, I guess the reason for that would be that um, we are, the reason for that would be that uh, we want to have God's blessing upon it. We want to make it clear that this is a Christian wedding and it's following Christian principles. But if you are married in a civil ceremony, sometimes uh, uh, captains of ships have that authority. I would like to just. Uh, point out that even the ministers of government are called ministers of god and when you take a look at uh, romans chapter 13 in romans uh, chapter 13 it says about the people who are uh in government authority such as judges or or mayors it says in verse 4 for he is the minister of god to thee for good and um it also says, but if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he bears not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. That was Romans 13, verse 4, and you can continue reading uh, all the way from verse 1 to 7. And it's very clear that it's—oops, sorry. We having me some technical difficulty there. But uh, it's always uh, clear in the scriptures that the rulers that— are in position right now in a in a uh, in a sense and in a very real way God has put that person there Uh, um, even Pontius Pilate when when uh, he told Jesus you know don't you know I have the power to crucify you Jesus says you would not have any power over me unless it was given to you from above that's in the book of John and so it's very clear that uh, government Authorities have, uh-huh. in, uh, in a certain sense, the authority of God. And when a person is married in the civil service, uh, I believe that that still vows before God's right. authority. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I, uh, being married in a, in a Christian church, in a Christian setting, I don't know, I, I guess it, it gives a different sense and it send a diff- sends a different message of what the couple believe about God. And so you know that uh, that God is the originator of marriage, and you're committed to being obedient and faithful to each other and to Him also. And so it's uh, it sends a good message. It's a good witness. And yes, you may may say that it has. Uh, you know, if you recognize God, God says if you honor me, I will honor Him. And so it's. Uh, I believe that there is a big blessing in having a Christian wedding. Okay, I hope that answered the question. And it uh, looks like uh, Gilbert has called back, and so let's talk to Gilbert.
2: Hello, Gilbert. Are yeah. you there?
1: Hello, Hello, Gilbert. Hi. Are you there?
3: Yes. Hi. Uh, uh, Gilbert,
1: yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a favor. If you could uh, turn down the radio behind you or wherever it okay, is, because ahead. it's uh, giving a big echo and it makes it hard to hear you. So if your radio is on, please turn it yeah, all the way down. Yeah. Okay, we can hear you now. Go ahead.
3: Okay, uh, I I have a question. Uh, you know, can you explain to me after Jesus was baptized? Yes. Uh, why was she led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted okay. by the devil for forty days? Can you explain uh, why why did the the Spirit of is the Spirit of God that led him? To
1: the wilderness or right. the
3: spirit of the devil?
1: Thank you. Thank you very much for asking the question. That's a good question, Gilbert. And by the way, you find that in the book of Matthew chapter 4, that Jesus was led up, in, led up of the spirit into the wilderness. Now, he was, when Jesus was in the wilderness, he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah. The, the whole thing about fasting is a, it's a time of prayer. It's a time of self-discipline. It's a time of deep communion and communication with God. So I believe that Jesus was there, not tempted for forty days, but he was, he was with his Father for forty days, and it's uh, very clear that um, in verse in verse uh, two and three, it says, "And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights." He was afterward uh, uh, hungry. So he wasn't hungry until after the 40 days. And then the tempter came to him and said, if you be the son of God. So the spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, not to tempt him, but the spirit of God led Jesus in the wilderness to be with his father, to be alone with his father for 40 days and 40 nights. And then after that, that's when the devil tempted him. And so, no, it wasn't the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wasn't leading Jesus into temptation.
3: So the, the Holy Spirit didn't, uh, wasn't the one to let him into the wilderness?
1: Yes, yes, it was the Spirit. The Holy Spirit did lead Jesus into the wilderness, but he was leading Jesus into the wilderness to be with his Father. That's oh. why the Holy Spirit was sending, uh, was leading Jesus into the wilderness. Does that That's answer your the, question?
3: Yeah. That's when that's
1: when the devil came came into the devil came afterward, after Jesus spent that forty days and forty nights with his father.
2: So I just wanted to uh share the other two texts so mm-hmm. that you can read it all in in content. Right. Um you can also look at Mark chapter one, verse twelve and thirteen, as well as Luke chapter four, verses one to thirteen. So That kind of gives the whole picture. If you look at just Matthew, where it says Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. It made it seem like, it seems as if the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness just to be tempted. But that's not the case. If you look at Mark uh, chapter 1 verse 12 and 13, it gives it a whole different uh, type of look as well.
1: So mm-hmm. yeah, so Jesus went there to communicate with his father, and it was only after that that Jesus was hungry, and that's when the devil came to tempt him.
3: I'm sorry, that's Then he took him up to the.
1: He took him up on a high mountain. He took him what? up on top of the temple, and yes, those were the the th- the, the there were three times when Jesus was tempted.
3: Okay, I, I, I just want to. Uh it my vision because I I I didn't know if it was the Holy Spirit or that they were leading into the
1: wilderness. It was the Holy Spirit. the The Holy Bible Spirit. is very clear that it was the Spirit that brought the Holy Spirit that brought Jesus into the wilderness.
3: Okay, that's fine.
1: Okay. Well, thank you very much for your question, Gilbert. Thank you so much for calling. We really appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. God bless. God Have a good day. Bye bye. Okay, it looks like uh, we have someone uh, send in a question either through text. And um, what is that question that we have there and who's it from?
2: It says, as far as the end times prophecy, what is your take on this pandemic that's going on around the world? Sent by Jenny.
1: Okay, so Jenny's asking about the pandemic. And as far as prophecies and the end time prophecies, where does this pandemic fit in? Uh, somebody asked uh, a certain question not too long ago. Um, is the is the is this pandemic one of the seven last plagues? <laughs> and we, I've gotten that question a couple of times also. But I do not believe it's one of the seven last plagues. You know, even just a surface reading of the seven last plagues, uh, it doesn't fit in any of them. You know, the plagues include, The sun turning dark uh, boils uh, on people's skin so much that uh, people are sore. Uh Um, The uh, rivers turning to blood, the ocean turning to blood. So the pandemic doesn't really fit in any of the pictures of the seven last plagues. Right. But I do believe that if we go to the book of Matthew chapter four, it says in verse seven. And uh, uh, would you like to read that for us, Jessica? In Matthew 24, verse seven.
2: Oh, 24.
1: Yes. Matthew 24. And we'll read verse seven.
2: All right, let me go and turn there. It says, For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places.
1: Thank you very much, Jessica. Well, Jessica, you know, when we say a pandemic, that means it is worldwide. Right. Now, there are, especially back in Jesus' day, there may be a time when uh, a disease or an outbreak would hit one city and uh, you know and everyone there would be affected in an epidemic uh, maybe something within one country you know like maybe all of israel felt it but a pandemic means it's in different places and that's exactly what we just read in matthew 24 verse 7 there will be Mm -hmm. pestilences the word pestilence there means diseases in different or various Mm -hmm. places uh-huh. So I do think that um, that the pandemic that we're of the covid virus that we're um, that we are experiencing now would be a very uh, positive fulfillment of that kind of description of pestilences in different places, not just one place, you know, where we hear that it's in a different country. No, everyone has it right. and <laughs> that type of thing or right. every place has it. Rather, right. you can find it in, in most places. And so that's would that's where I would um, put the pandemic in the puzzle piece of how the last days look. And uh, I wish I could say that things are going to get better as the la- end days, uh, uh, you know, maturing and bring us closer to Christ. Uh, but the Bible's very clear that uh, it'll be fearful times, mm. uh, fearful times. I think that we we experience a lot of that now.
2: It does say I will. Yeah. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Just
1: the beginning of sorrows. Now, I don't want—I don't want us to be entirely fearful of that, right? Um, Though they may be fearful times, we can have a uh, a peace and a trust in God that He brings us through um, different pestilences, famines, and turmoil. And so, the the wonderful news is that Jesus can bring us through. Jesus can. God can protect us during these times. Did you have anything to add to that?
2: No, it's, I I was thinking of this verse in Matthew 24, verse 7, because, you know, it says in, in the last days and it, all these things will be happening, famines and earthquakes and, mm. you know, nation against nation. And so we've been experiencing that. But when the pestilence kicks in, it's like, oh, where'd that come from? But right. it's in the verse. <laughs> <laughs> That's in other right. words, it's part of the, the end times because it says, these are just the beginning of sorrows.
1: And what what's very comforting is uh, to me is that when we look at all this, and Jesus says that when you see these things, uh, look up for your redemption draws right. nigh. Right. And so I love that verse. Yeah. And so that basically is telling us that when you see pestilences or any of the signs that the Bible predicted, that mm. should inspire you to have hope and faith because... This is not something unexpected. God told us it would happen. So that should, when we see it happen, that should inspire faith in God, faith in the Bible, right, and trust in the God who knew it was going to happen, that he will take care of you.
2: Right. And we know that God will see his people through all of this. I mean, yeah. just like he saw through uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's right. Through the fiery furnace. So God will see his people through all of these Um, prophecies that are happening in the end
1: exactly exactly okay so thank you very much Jenny for that question a lot of people are asking that because let's face it um, a lot of people are being touched by the reality of what's going on around the world so look up when you see these things because Jesus is coming
2: all right pastor Moffna, so we have another call in question someone just called and left the question And their question is, how did Jesus know that Mary was the right person to birth his son?
1: Hmm. And that was from Amani. Now, thank you very much, Amani. Jessica Amani is a regular listener, and she sends in a lot of good questions. Awesome. And she's just a young lady. Okay, uh, Amani, I would like to say that, first of all, God knows everyone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. God knows everyone, and he knows, he calls different people for just the right job. Now, here's something that I would like to suggest, is that Nazareth was not a very, how can I say, it wasn't a town. Nazareth, Nazareth was not a town that was known for its good people. Uh, as a matter of fact, when Nathaniel uh, heard that Jesus came from Nazareth, he said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Mm. What does that tell you? It tells you that most people that come out of Nazareth, right. they're terrible. And so if most of the people in Nazareth are terrible, it's interesting that there's Mary and she is a virgin. That tells us that Mary was the type of young lady that preserved her purity and saved um, all that all that kind of relation for her husband, which she did. Right. And, uh, you know, she, she did not, you know, she saved herself for her husband, Joseph, until after they were married. And so that shows us the character of Mary. As a matter of fact, when the angel Gabriel in the book of Luke, chapter 2, I believe, when the angel Gabriel came and told Mary that God had chosen her, I love her response because it tells us so much about her character. She says, "Behold, the handmaid of the Lord; let it be done to me according to your word." Uh, basically, it was like, "Yes, sir, I'm here. I am God's servant. I am His maidservant. Everything that He wants, I'm gonna do it, even though it would have it was going to cost her a lot of heartache and a lot of uh, a lot of um, a lot of trials, really." Right. I mean, think about it. She had to go to Bethlehem while pregnant. Oh, right. boy. And, and,
2: and to know that a huge responsibility of raising God's Of raising,
1: of God raising the Messiah herself. And so that was Luke chapter 1. Oh, Luke chapter 1. Thank you. So j- how did Jesus know that Mary was the right person? Well, Jesus does know everybody. And I think the Bible tells us that Mary really was a virtuous young lady. Right. And so he chose very well. Right, he chose very well. Praise
2: God he knows our hearts. You That's know? right. He, he knew Mary's heart and and that she would do well.
1: Right. So thank you very much, Amani. That's a good question. And by the way, just by extension, um, you, you're a young lady yourself. And I would just like to say that God knows you and he wants to choose you for a very special uh, task and very special ministry and mission that only you can fulfill just like Mary had her, had her work. God has something for you. I think that's a wonderful thing to think about as a young person growing up. Okay. So do we have any other questions as we, uh, let me take a look at the time here and, uh, looks like we have about six minutes left in our pro first half of our program. Uh, that means in six minutes, we're going to be taking a break, but, we want to encourage you to call uh, our program today uh, here at Joy FM. and The phone number to dial for Guam is 472-1111, 472-1111. If you're calling from the lovely islands of Saipan, Tinian, and Rhoda, please dial 323-1113, 323-1113. Now, if you would like to text us, WhatsApp, it's free from the CNMI. It's 671 686 nine. Again, that's 671-686-9999. Now, you can go to facebook.com forward slash radio, and you can see what Jessica and I look like. And you can put your questions in the comments section there on Facebook. We'll see it immediately, and we would love to have you uh, give your question that way as well. Okay, so Jessica, uh, do we have any other questions coming?
2: Okay, we have a question, another question that came in through email from Carol. And the question is, what is the meaning of Jehovah?
1: Okay, the meaning of Jehovah. The, the name Jehovah is w- one of the names that is attributed to God. And in the original Hebrew, uh, there was a certain name that, that, the, that the Hebrews thought was too holy to write out completely. So they left out all the vowels. Y-H-W-H. and uh, Or J-H-W-H. Y and J are exactly the same. They it's, it's pronounced like a Y. And so when people saw that, the, the Bible readers saw that, they say, how do you pronounce Y-H-W-H? Mm. And so because the, the vowels have been long missing, you don't know how to pronounce that. It's almost like having uh your name Jessica with uh-huh. a j s s c that's it
2: mm. now right.
1: if just with that many people who are familiar with the name Jessica may know that how to what vowels go in there right but what if your name hasn't been used in a long time mm. <laughs> and so people wondered what is this name so they took the the word Elohim which means God and they took the vowels from Elohim and put it there in the YHWH and so that's where they came with Jehovah mm. and Jehovah is uh, for, for a while that was the English transliteration but scholars today uh, say well it's probably not uh, probably not correct to use the Elohim vowels so they as close as they can they're they're making some educated uh um deciphering it's probably yahweh and so the word yahweh and is probably a better pronounce uh, pronunciation for the for that name what does that word mean what does that name mean it simply means the self-existent one uh that's the closest meaning they can bring to it is that in, this is the god that nobody created and he had no beginning and he will have no end That that's what the name, how the name is describing the one true God, the one who is the great I Am. In Him is life unborrowed, underived, and He is eternal. Uh, Jessica, did you want to add anything to that?
2: Yeah, no, I was looking at Exodus chapter six, verse three, Hmm. and how uh, God was saying, you know, He's calling His name Jehovah. Yes. um,
1: And that's how He wanted to reveal Himself to. Moses and to the mm-hmm. people of Israel in the book of Exodus, because really you got to think about it, uh, there in Exodus, uh, God was going to show his great judgment upon the gods of Egypt. He right. says that, right. you know, upon the Nile, upon the sun, upon, uh, upon the, the cows that the Egyptians, uh, worshiped, you know, the sacred apis bull. <laughs> And so God says, "I am not like them. I am Jehovah. I am the self-existent one. Nobody created me. I am not a bull. I am not Pharaoh. I am not the sun. I am not the dung beetle. Mm. I am the self-existent one. I was not created. I am the creator." And so that is what the whole concept of Jehovah or Yahweh actually means and is pointing to. Um, so, yep, yeah, that's how we would how we would put it.
2: I thought it's interesting how in different parts of the Bible it says Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah mm-hmm. Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. They well, just connected the, some words there with Jehovah.
1: Well, usually the, the word Yahweh or Jehovah is not always written. Some, most of the time it's just translated Lord. If you're looking in right. the Old Testament, of uh, especially the King James Version, they would put the name Lord there, but all capital letters. That's how you know the the word Jehovah or Yahweh is being used. Right. And so, if you want to say Jehovah or Yahweh means Lord, uh, sort of, but it's simp- it really is about the one true God that is so big we can't fully understand him.
2: It seems like they put those words to describe what God is because. Yes god is so powerful so there's so much things about him so, so it's like the god that provides or the god that gives peace the god that's that right. is the god that's that right. that. Mm-hmm. um and i guess that's why they added these words connected with the lord that's right and i think that's wonderful it is
1: it is a you know god knew how to speak to the israelites back then to mm-hmm. give them exactly what they needed to hear All right, so as you can hear from the music, we are gonna be taking a break, we are not done. We'll be right back after
4: this. Soil supports the plant that grows in your garden. Nutrients support the soil that supports the plant that grows in your garden. Water and sun supports the nutrients that support the soil that supports the plant that grows in your garden. God made the water and sun that, yeah, you've probably got this. We all rely on something to support us. When we were kids, that was the grown-ups. What or who is that for you today? You need support. So do we. Maybe we can help each other. Your financial support means we can support you with encouragement and quality Christian programming. You do what you do, and we do what we do. Stuff gets done. People work with people to help people through Christian Radio. We need the support of many, and we're grateful for the many who help us do what we could never do alone. With your financial and prayer support, we're growing. We'll keep reaching out with God's help. Joy FM, family-friendly radio.
0: Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit your questions online to joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us now for Straight from the Bible.
2: Hello and welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. We are live here in the studios at Joy FM with Pastor Moffness in the lead. (laughs) And Jessica
1: Moffness (laughs) right there too.
2: (laughs) If you'd like to go ahead and give us a call, we encourage you to go ahead and pick up your phones. The number to dial if you are on the island of Guam is 472-1111. That's 472-1111. If you are calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, that number is 323 1113. That's 323 1113. You're welcome to text or WhatsApp your question at 671 686 9999. That's 686
1: 9999. Yes, Pastor Mom. And so we only have a half hour, and so we encourage you to call. With your Bible questions, take advantage of the time. Our operators are standing by. Our lines are open. And Jessica and I are eagerly waiting for your for your call and uh, or any way that you can get your question over to us. Visit us on Facebook also, facebook.com forward slash Radio. Okay, it looks like we do have some questions before some calls come in. And Jessica, what questions do we have?
2: So Candy asks, why did God send Satan to the world?
1: Why did God send Satan to the world? now there's a, there, there's something that we that I, I think many people think is that when there was a war in heaven and you see that uh, you see that mentioned in Revelation chapter 12 uh, where it says in Revelation chapter 12 that there was a great war in heaven and let me uh, go to the the correct verse so that I uh, I'm, I'm not just quoting but um but i'm also reading it says in verse uh, 7 and there was war in heaven michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels and he prevailed not neither was their place found any more in heaven and the great dragon this is verse 9 was cast out that old serpent called the devil and satan which was which deceives the whole world he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him I would like to point out that in that verse in verse 9 first of all it says that the great dragon was cast out the old serpent called the devil and satan which deceives the whole world I would like to I would like to suggest that here we actually have two casting outs okay <laughs> the first one is when he was cast out but then he came to this world and deceived Adam and Eve mm-hmm. now that is something that you find in the book of romans uh, chapter uh, 6 where it says that that we are servants to whom we obey and when 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 adam and eve obeyed satan we made him the ruler of this world so it wasn't that god sent him here it's that it's that god allowed adam and eve to be tested and I believe this happened not just with our will, but it happened in heaven. It started in heaven, and there are other worlds out there. Right. And I'm sure that Satan tried, you know, everybody. But when he came here, this is where, by our own choice, he succeeded in deceiving us. And the whole story is in Genesis 3. So it's I don't believe that it's Satan, uh, God sent Satan here. I believe we're the one who accepted him. We chose him as our as our ruler when we obeyed him uh, through our parents Adam and Eve, but it then it says he deceives the whole world. He was cast into the earth, and his angels were cast with him. And so I believe that that is a second casting out, and this happened, you see, because in the book of Job, far after far after Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. the book of Job records that Satan was in heaven. Now, how did that happen? Well, because he Took Adam's place. Adam was supposed to represent this world as a, as a God's God's a first human creation, um, but because Adam obeyed Satan, he gave basically the authority of the whole earth over to the devil, and so the devil says, "Okay, now I have a right to be in heaven." But Jesus, he said something very important, where he says, "Now is the judgment of this world. Now is the prince of this world." cast out. And when Jesus was speaking about that, um, when Jesus was talking about that, he was talking to, uh, he was talking about the cross and what he would do in, in, uh, in, when he died on the cross he would cast out satan finally for good out of
2: John 12:31 Thank
1: you I was looking at that right now John 12:31 it says now is the judgment of this world now shall the prince of this world be cast out mm-hmm. finally satan is cast to the earth for good he will never ever be um what do you call it he will never be allowed back into heaven because on the cross, Jesus proved that God is holy, God is loving, God is fair, God is merciful, God is just, everything. He proved everything about about his father. And he also proved what Satan is like. He proved that Satan is a murderer, a liar, a deceiver, and he showed the truth. that The, the, the cross is all about the truth. Right. And so no more sympathy for him in heaven. He has no right anymore. Now, because Jesus did not obey satan now jesus is the second adam
2: Mm. now
1: he has authority over this world and he is the one representing us in heaven now not not satan like in the book of job
2: right and it was through his death on the cross that he has redeemed back this world that's right for us who have fallen through adam and eve
1: that's right he redeemed us He's taken, uh, he's taken Adam's place. He's taken Satan's place in heaven. And so the devil is finally cast out. So we have two casting outs, one after the war in heaven and two at the cross. And you see this in verse, it should be verse uh, 10, where it says, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. You need to notice something mm. there. The accuser of our brethren is cast down. That didn't happen at the first casting down. There was no brethren to accuse. Right? Right. In order for in order for this to be true, it had to be after the cross. It had to be after the cross. And that is evident in verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. So... The blood of the Lamb, the cross, is what finally casts Satan out of heaven.
2: Amen, amen.
1: So Satan was never sent here. We obeyed him and welcomed him in. But Jesus, through the cross, casts him out for good. So, no, God never wanted him here, ever. And, awesome. uh, you know, many people ask, well, why didn't God stop him? I have a better question why didn't we? <laughs> we should be the ones to stop him with our own choice and, you know, by relying upon Jesus. Okay, I love that question.
2: Okay, so the next question that did come in through Facebook, it says some Bible scholars said that this is the last generation who will see the second coming of Jesus. Any thoughts?
1: Oh, I have a lot of thoughts about that. First of all, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to see the signs that Jesus said would happen. We already went over the pestilences. Right. Famines. Most people in this world, a large, significant number of people in this world are starving. Many don't even have clean water. So yes, there are famines. There are pestilences. There are wars. Nations going against nations. And so we can see these things not only escalating, but uh, getting more intense and frequent. And so the signs that we see uh, do show that Jesus is coming soon. Um when people say the last generation well first of all i hope we are i It'd certainly nice. hope we are yeah would, that'd be great um but i w- just want to be careful that we don't start trying to say that he's coming within 5 years or something like right. that um i you know i don't want to say that he's not coming for 10 years but i don't want to i don't want to say that within 5 years we're the last generation you know not, they're you know Babies, uh, sh- you know, we shouldn't have babies because this is it. <laughs> and I've seen, I've heard people have that reasoning. We should, we should know that it's soon, but we can't set a roundabout date, and that would be that would be dangerous, I think, in um, in uh, uh, going down the devil's path of deceiving, and so. Uh, my thoughts on the second coming of Jesus, the Bible is very clear that the signs will say that it's near even at the door. Right. And and here's the thing. If we are the last generation, then we all need to turn to God. We all need to turn to Christ. And that's the point.
2: I think we just need to be ready.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Whether we are the ra- last generation or not. Yes. We need to be ready. Um, True. Like Jesus said, this is the beginning of sorrows. There's still so much things ahead of us. hmm Uh, you know, that we may have to face and we just have to be ready now or starting now or, you know, already. (laughs) Yeah,
1: the Bible does say that there are uh, certain things that are supposed to be in place. Um, We don't have the time to go over all of that. But I'm talking about, you know, what the Bible says about the beast and the mark of the beast making an image. Um, I'm not going to give a time frame. But the but Jesus did say, unless those days be cut short, right. there shall be no flesh, uh, no flesh will survive. But for the elect's sake, it will be shortened. I'm not going to give a timeline, but it does seem as if the last events will be rapid ones. Right. And so I don't, like I said, I want to repeat myself. I'm not going to say, oh, Jesus isn't coming for 10 years. But at the same time, I don't want to say he's coming within five. <laughs> it's, uh, we, know, yeah.
2: we know this much that he's giving us time right now to yeah. turn our lives and our hearts around and to repent mm-hmm. and to get right with him so we can be ready.
1: Absolutely. Good question. Thank you very much for the, the person who sent that in. Okay, now um, we have just a, a few more, excuse me, we just have a few more minutes, about 15 minutes left. And so please go ahead and pick up the phone and call 472 1111 323-1113, if you are calling from the CNMI. Okay, now Jessica, do we have any other questions that have come to us? All
2: right, so a question came in through email. Why does God allow suffering?
1: That is a very, very heavy question. Heavy. Yes. Mm -hmm. First of all, um, when it comes to suffering, I believe that we are actually not getting what we deserve. (laughs) I believe that um, Jesus took most of it. And uh, what's actually coming down to us is incredibly mingled with God's mercy. Right. Incredibly Mm -hmm. uh, tempered. Uh, by God saying no, hold back you see this in Revelation chapter seven where God is has his angels holding back the winds of strife. Right. So a lot of the things that we could be going through, I believe that God is holding off most of it. The right. vast, the vast bulk of of what really our sins should call upon us. Um, but why does God allow it? Um if you go to the book of First Corinthians 10 13, it says that um that uh, every person is tempted. Uh, it, would you like to read that for us, Jessica? 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. I was just going to quote it, but it's better if we read it.
2: All right. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it.
1: So temptations, um, they are, first of all, it says here that God will not allow you to go beyond what you're able to bear. Mm. Which kind of tells me that kind of language, it shows that these are times where God, where God allows our faith to go through a test. Uh, for, our, for our characters to be purified, for our eyes to focus on what's really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, God may have a lot of lessons that he wants to use in order to, uh, lessons to teach us through the trials and sufferings that we go through. Now, I don't believe that God enjoys it at all. Uh, I don't believe God enjoys us seeing us go through the suffering, Right. but again, I, t- I spoke about Job earlier, uh, but Job, he was a completely innocent man a very righteous man, according to the scriptures. And he in, in the space of an hour or so, he lost everything. We're talking children included. Right. And then his health afterwards. And so why did God allow that? Now, Job didn't know this, but behind the scenes, there was a great argument in heaven. God on one side and Satan on the other side, arguing about Job, whether or not Job would be faithful under pressure. And so, it could be that the reason why a person might be going through suffering uh, is really because you are righteous. Mm-hmm. It may be because you are being faithful and God is using your life to be a witness to the unseen worlds about what God can do through a faithful person. Um, you know, we also ought to consider the the fact that maybe our suffering does come to us through through our own choices, our own bad choices. Mm. I mean, if I get lung cancer, could it be because I'm smoking cigarettes? And, you know, that sometimes the suffering that we do get, uh, well, God is honoring our choices. Right. And so we do need to consider that. And if our suffering is coming through our own bad choices, that would be a wonderful time to, to uh, repent, confess it to God and forsake it and let God um, bring healing and and uh, redirection. Right. Uh, but just because you're going through suffering doesn't automatically mean that you're a wicked person, just like in the case of Job, and as, and above all else, as in the case of Jesus. Now, who who went through more suffering than him? He was right. called a man of sorrows. Right. And on the cross, he went through intense agony and pain. He was clouded in darkness. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so God... Uh, for the sake of sin and for the sake of our salvation, he, Jesus was forsaken, and he died a very cruel and lightless death, and he was innocent. Now, why did God allow that? Well, for <laughs> more reasons than I can take eternity to tell, but he did. Uh, Jesus went through that uh, to show God's love uh, for you and for me and to show us the way and to to purchase our salvation, there are just so many reasons why God al- might allow suffering. But one thing is for sure is that even through the suffering, God has love for you. He loves you dearly, even through all that.
2: Right. You know, that just kind of reminds me of what I said earlier, how Jesus Christ, um, was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through the fire. Right. And I was trying to look for the verse, but I, I didn't have time right now oh. uh, to look for a verse in J- uh, John chapter. I'm not sure if it was a verse 10, uh, chapter 10, but how Jesus Christ prayed for his disciples, knowing that they were going to go, what they were going to go through before Uh, Because Jesus knew he was going to go on the cross, you know, go through the cross. I might
1: think that that's John 17.
2: Yeah, and he prayed for the disciples. He Hmm. prayed for all his people, you know, his disciples, uh, how the Father would be with them and also be the the Holy Spirit would be with them to go through what they had to go through. Hmm. And I love what you said about how. Uh, if G- if God wasn't with us, I think we would be going through more suffering oh, than what terrible. we're going through right yeah, now. Exactly. Because of his mercy protecting us, keeping us safe. Uh, who knows all kinds of fiery darts that Satan probably throws at, at God's people, his people. Right. Um, and then God protects us all the time. And, you know, I, I was also thinking of that um, Isaiah, I think it was chapter 26 or 27. Sorry, I should have been looking at these, for these <laughs> verses of how it says that God will put up a standard against Satan. Mm, right. Cuz you know the enemy comes in like a flood and 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 God puts up a standard against Satan and says stop it stops right there. There's only so much that you know his people can handle.
1: That's right. And I love that about it. Says about when the, the enemy Lord. comes in like a flood the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Right. And that is a wonderful promise. It's a wonderful promise that God he is there to, st- to stop anything that mm-hmm. will ruin his people. Right. Um, as long as his people are, are um, what do you say? Uh, as long as his people are trusting in him, then there is nothing that will touch them except what God wants to uh, turn out for their good. That's Romans chapter 8, isn't it? That all things work together for the good mm-hmm. of them that right. love him. Right. And that includes suffering. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, thank you very much, whoever sent that question in. And uh, by the way, Jessica, that was Isaiah fifty nine
3: nineteen. Okay. Where it
1: says, "And the when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him." I it's love that promise.
2: Bible promise, yeah. especially when I am going through all kinds of heartache, mm. you know, or headaches, or <laughs> right. Uh, suffering <laughs> <laughs>
1: right yeah no we, all, we go um, through.
2: i always claim that promise i'm like lord i, I really feel like i'm drowning here please mm. you know lift up that standard against satan and and what's going on here and right. i'm so glad that god hears our prayers we can only count on him
1: praise god okay we have a few more minutes left looks like seven minutes left So, you know what, Jessica, I'll bet if somebody were to call right now, we could take their question. But you have to call right now, like right now. Pick (laughs) up your phone. Dial 472-1111, 472-1111. Or if you're listening from Saipan, Tinian, or Rhoda, dial right now. (laughs) Dial right now. Before we have to say goodbye, 323-1113, if you're you're from the CNMI. 323-1113. What are you waiting for? Right now, <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> do it, <laughs> okay. Well, Jessica, I think we have another question that we can be looking at.
2: All right. It says, "How do we, how do we know we committed sin against the Holy Spirit?" I thought sins are forgiven. Oh, the phone is ringing. The phone process.
1: is ringing, and so I want the I want the operator to process that and bring it over to us as soon as possible. But let me see if I can just. Uh, how do we know if we have committed? The unpardonable sin. Right. That is a good question. And the unpardonable sin is basically the Holy Spirit, when you no longer want to listen to the Holy Spirit. Uh, You no longer are are uh, you're no longer listening to that small voice speaking to your conscience, telling you right from wrong, and then encouraging you to follow the right. In the book of Ephesians, chapter four, verse nineteen, it's a very very uh, simple verse it says who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness and so there are basically how do you know that you've grieved the holy spirit you don't feel bad you are past feeling so when a person is sorrowful and saying oh boy i think i've grieved the holy spirit i am i feel bad about what i did well good news it's good to feel bad. That's the Holy Spirit convicting you. That's the Holy Spirit showing you uh, that you did wrong. And if you, if you still feel those pangs of conviction, uh, pain, you know the, the pains of knowing that you did wrong and you want to turn away from it, that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. What you should be worried when you should be worried is when you do something wrong and you can't hear him right you right. You can't hear him and uh There's you're, no you're, conviction your past feeling, and so that would that's when the danger is. but if you're feeling sorry for your sins, then you should thank God because that is the work of the Holy Spirit upon your heart. Awesome, okay, looks that. like we have uh another question.
2: All right, so it says, why do we call God by his title? Why don't we call God by Jehovah or any other names?
1: You know. I love this question because there are some people who put forward the idea that the only name that we can refer God to, a God by, mm-hmm. is Yahweh or Jehovah. Right. Now, I'm not going to deny that Yahweh and Jehovah is, you know, he did name that uh, by, his, by his, you know, that w- he named himself that way. Right. But here's one thing we have to understand is that he also referred to himself as Elohim. Mm. He also referred to himself as um, Emmanuel. Right. He also, I mean, God is so big and so vast, there isn't one name that can entirely right. capture right. everything that he is. Right. I mean, the, the human language is just too weak mm. to really convey everything that he is. And so, um, why do we refer to him as his title? Because titles do have a meaning. Names have meaning. And by the way, the Bible says that there that uh, there is no name given under heaven by which we must be saved, referring to the name of Jesus Christ. Right. But even Jesus Christ, he refers to himself as the Shepherd. He refers. He's known as the Lamb. He's the known door. as the door, so the way, um, the vine. And uh, there's just, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah in Revelation. And so there are just so many, there are so many ways that God seeks to reveal himself to different people at different times in different situations to speak to that need. And so do I have a problem referring to him as Yahweh or Jehovah? No. Do I have a problem referring to him as God? No. But we must go we must from the scriptures look at the entire picture of him to go to God through Jesus Christ through our Emmanuel and that's the reason why we can call him every biblical name that he has revealed himself Mm, by awesome okay so thank you very much each and every one of you who called and are listening we would like to invite you to tune in again next time for another uh, show of Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Lewis Moffness.
2: And Jessica Moffness.
1: Saying good night. good
2: night.
0: Thank you for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net. Or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.